0: soon return Jesus Christ preparing a people for the kingdom of heaven preserving a posterity for the glory of God hello and welcome to another episode of the key of David podcast brought to you by the Watchman of the Wall Ministries I'm your host Charles and I thank God above for you tuning in hope that you are ready to receive a word from the Holy Spirit today hope that you are hungry for more of God. Hope that you are open, that your eyes are anointed, that your ears are anointed, that you are open in your heart to receive what God would say to you today. There is a reason that God placed podcasts like this one in your pathway. There is a reason that you are listening to this podcast. It is not by mistake or a happenstance. It is not coincidence that God has made sure that you have the opportunity to be prepared for what lies ahead to make sure that you have everything that you need to make it home to make sure that you have at your disposal the resources that you're going to need to stand in this evil day and I want to welcome you once again while I'm welcoming you listener I want to welcome to the podcast, my partner in ministry, Brother Scott. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing
1: wonderful, Charles. Again, it is awesome to be here doing this podcast with you and uh, just enjoying his presence and enjoying about what he's about to say to us and to the people. And I'm just like you, Charles. I was listening to you talk, and I love that. Just like Samuel was sent to David to anoint him, he was old Samuel on a mission to pull out King David. I think this podcast and other podcasts that are saying this message, if, if you found this, I love what he said. It, it's not by happenstance, it's not by accident, but it's God sending his own proverbial Samuel your way to call you out and to equip you and to prepare you for what lies ahead. You didn't receive this podcast by accident. I hope you're hungry like I'm hungry to hear the word of God. And I'm just excited, Charles. How are
0: you doing today? I'm doing well. I just want to echo what you said, that I am hungry, that, you know, I realize, Scott, that what lies ahead of us in the next little while is going to be too great for me to endure unless I have the words that God wants to place in my heart. Um, We need a storehouse of faith built, Scott like Joseph built the storehouses and filled them full before the drought came, before the famine came, Joseph prepared those storehouses so that people would have something they can live off of in the time of struggle and the time of need. And I believe we're going to soon and very soon be at a time in our lives where uh, if we have not made an effort to get that extra cruise of oil, spoken about during the parable of the five wise and the five foolish virgins, how the five wise had an extra cruise of oil. They had made sure that they were prepared for the darkness of the world that's coming on. And look, and Scott, that's what this podcast is for is uh, it's our attempt. Well, it's the Holy spirit's attempt through us to give people what they need to make it to the other side. Amen. Amen.
1: You mentioned the storehouse of faith and I want to do a shameless plug here, but maybe if you get a chance, you would post that a long while back, Charles, uh, on the, on the blogs that we were doing, you created a series called the storehouse of faith. And it is an awesome, I think it's a two parter. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it is an awesome deep dive into that storehouse of faith you're talking about be awesome. If you'd put it on there for the people to listen to and, uh, give them access, maybe to to read that. I would encourage you to read that because that's, what's coming and we better have a storehouse of faith, Charles. Maybe you'll get to post that.
0: (laughs) Amen. Yeah, I, I do remember that. It's been a while since I posted that. Um, I, I pray that there's still time to do so, Scott. I know we're running out of time to build a storehouse. I don't want to uh, be caught without one. And I definitely don't want anyone who's listening to these podcasts to be caught without a storehouse of faith. Um, I remember uh, the late, great David Wilkerson preaching a message called faith is not real until it's all you have left. Mm. I believe, that, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it says the just shall live by faith. And, Scott, we know there's coming a time where uh, there's not going to be any open vision. There's not going to be any open words from God. Right now is the time that God is speaking to his people through podcasts like this, through the word, through your devotional time with him in prayer. I hope you're taking advantage of this opportunity to hear from God because there's probably going to come a time where you're not going to hear as much as you want to. And what you have taken the time to hear now is what you're going to have to cling to, to make it home. And I believe that's why Scott and I have been given this podcast. While it is, you know, God, it says, call upon God while he's near and uh, listen to him while he, you know, find him while he may be found. That alludes to the fact, Scott, that there's coming a time where God won't be readily available. He won't be easily found. And we have to take advantage of the time we have now to get a hold of his word and to equip ourselves and be ready for what lies ahead. Scott. Before we get started in today's podcast and uh, get to the main points of it, I want to go to the Lord in prayer. Would you say a prayer that the Father would anoint our eyes and ears, open our hearts. Each and every person listening in will be ready to receive that word to, to, if they have not already, begin building a storehouse of faith uh, or continue to fill their storehouse of faith so that we'll be ready to hear what God has to say today.
1: I will certainly do it, and and as I always say, this is the part of the podcast where for the moment we're going to step away from the message we're about to deliver, and this is all about you, listener, and Charles is in agreement with me, and I want to take this opportunity that uh, we'll pray for you this morning, and I, I feel, Charles, by the, by the Spirit of the Lord that the battle is already going on. I, I feel like this morning, spiritual warfare. is already happening. You, the listener on the other end of this podcast, I know, I know I've been facing the battles this week, the, the spiritual warfare. See, the enemy hates you, listener. Whoever you may be out there, he hates you. He he hates the potential in you, he hates what God wants to do in your life, and and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission. Not to be your buddy not to be your friend, not to bless you with things, but he wants to steal, kill, and destroy anything. He wants to take away the message that you're hearing on this podcast. He wants to take away your marriage. He wants to take away everything that you have good. And we're going to pray this morning for you, listener, because this is spiritual warfare. And and Charles, if I may, I, I don't want to take too much time on this podcast, but this is what I felt like the Lord impressed upon my heart to say this morning and I want to say it you the listener please listen to this wherefore you can find this in the book of Hebrews chapter 3 wherefore as the Holy Ghost saith today if you will hear his voice talking about the Holy Spirit harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me proved me and saw my works 40 years Wherefore I, God speaking here, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Here's the warning Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Backsliding's real. I don't care what your church says. I don't care what some slick shiny-shoed preacher says. Backsliding's real. It's here in the Word. And let me finish with this. But exhort one another daily. That means encourage. And that's what me and Charles have been sent here this morning to do, is to encourage you. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And, I, and let me stop right there. Spiritual warfare is going on. We're going to pray for you. I'm sure you've been feeling it this week. I'm sure you've been going through the fire. Maybe it's something hot and fiery. Maybe it come out of nowhere and you don't understand why. But listen, we serve an all-powerful Jesus this morning that can take you through the fire. He can protect you. He can help you. And that's what we're going to pray this morning. Charles, please help me pray. And I'll also pray for the podcast. Father, We thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for the warning. We thank you, God, that you are so wonderful and kind that, God, you watch over your children like a good shepherd. And, Lord, if I may this morning take the authority that you've given me and Charles, his authority that you've given him. Together we pray this morning, and I bind and I rebuke the devil off of the people that are listening this morning. Satan, you have no authority in their lives and what's going on, and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And, God, I pray right now this morning that, Lord, you would just fill them with strength, that you would fill them with hope. What they're they're going through may be hot. It may be fiery. It may not make any sense. They may not understand why, but they've got to understand that there is a devil loose, And he's out to kill, steal, and destroy, Lord. But, God, you've come to give us life, and that more abundantly. And you give us protection through the third person in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. I pray for that protection of the Holy Spirit this morning to encompass everyone who's listening to this podcast. I pray that you let them feel the strength and the protection of the Spirit. Satan, again, I bind you and your devices. In the name of Jesus, you're not going to have the children. You're not going to have the marriage. You're not going to have the finances. And most importantly, you're not going to have their soul. I rebuke you, Satan, off of the souls of the people that are listening to this podcast. You will not have their soul in the name of Jesus. And, Father, I thank you this morning that you're going to raise and lift up a standard for your people. You will have a people this morning that will glorify you. You will preserve Everyone that will listen to this word and take it into their heart. You will stand with them. God, if only this morning you could open their eyes and they could see who is for them, standing with them. Even though they may feel like they're standing alone, they're not. Because if they could see in the spirit, they could see the armies of angels that are encamped about those that love and serve Jesus and are protected. We give you the praise this morning. God, I pray for the podcast that you will just anoint it with authority, with anointing, with your word. God, touch Charles this morning and let him preach and minister under the oracles of the Holy Spirit. And God, feed us this morning. We need your breath. We need your word. We, we need your presence in this last day. God, And we, we beg, we ask for your presence. And we give you the glory this morning for everything that's going to be said and done. In Jesus' name I pray and amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Scott, for that prayer. It was a great prayer. Listener, again, I hope you understand and hear the change in Scott's voice when he prays with that kingdom authority. Today, more than any time that I can remember in history, we need that kingdom authority. We need those kind of prayers to make a difference, to prepare us, to take authority over the enemy, to see God's kingdom defeat the kingdom of darkness and that is exactly what it takes speaking of kingdom scott that's what we've been doing here in the last few podcasts we've been on a new series called the kingdom series and it's all about seeing the kingdom of god established in our hearts when jesus came to this earth the first time he came to establish a kingdom now the Pharisees, as well as the disciples, all wanted to see a physical kingdom of Jesus Christ established where Jesus was the king and ruling, and reign in Israel over the world. And we know that that kingdom is going to be established the second time that the Lord appears. But he did establish a kingdom the first time that he came, Scott, and it was the spiritual kingdom. Our key phrase comes from Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. It states, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Meaning that that third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost, was given on the day of Pentecost. You can read about that in Acts chapter 1. And two, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Holy Ghost came and he began his ministry. When Jesus left this earth, he said, I will send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he will guide you in all truth. And right now we rely on that Holy Spirit. We rely on the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom, to hear God's voice, to, to learn how to be a child of God, to be prepared. For the kingdom of heaven, when the physical reign of the Lord Jesus Christ is on this earth, and that will soon and very soon happen. Now, Scott, in this kingdom series, if you want to, let's just talk about a little bit about what we said last week. We were talking about how there was a transition occurring, that if you read through the history of mankind in the Bible, you will see that there are periods of time, where when the old way did no longer work and God's will was no longer being accepted by the people, that there would a transition occur from an old organized religion to a new one or a new way of God doing things. God has always had a people and a plan. And sometimes it took, Scott, a complete upheaval of the old system and doing away with the old system to begin a new system that God had to glorify his name. We see those transitions going on. They happened in the past. We're going to talk about those. But we talked about the transition that was occurring, Scott, even as we speak, where the spiritual the spiritual kingdom that Jesus established during his first visit to the earth, when Jesus set up the kingdom of God, is going to give way to the kingdom of heaven where Jesus will physically reign from Israel over over the whole earth. Scott, we are seeing that come to pass. We're seeing the overlap occur where we're moving from one age to the next. But, Scott, we talked about that during the transitional period, there's going to be a time where the church would go through a wilderness time. And you can read about this. This happens every time there's a transition from one age to the other. There's always a time where God's people has to live in the wilderness for a time. And that time is now. We're about to enter into the wilderness again, Scott. A period of time where uh, we will be having to depend God on God, trust in God, allow God to keep us in that special time. Until the new age begins, until the new establishment of the new way begins. God, can you say anything about last week and what your summary of what we talked about was? I, I fully
1: remember uh, last week we were talking about that transition. And like you just said, Charles, we were talking about how when an institution, when a system goes wrong and, and stays wrong and will not repent of its wrong. God will initiate a transition and he will set up a new leadership with a new leader whose focus is on getting things back to God and his way. And Charles, we were talking also last week about how that you will see both leaders. You will see the old failed system leader still in his position as well as the new transitional leader coming up at the same time and heading toward a showdown, so to speak. And their, their messages right. are totally diametric or different or opposite. Charles, I don't I don't know what's in people's minds, but these two can't work together. They're never going to work together. They, they totally have a diametrically opposed message. I, I remember, I think you invoked John the Baptist. I think that's one good example of many where we've got the Pharisees and John the Baptist existing at the same time. But John's message is clearly different than the Pharisees when he's out there at the river Jordan screaming, repent and turn back to God for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we've got that transition occurring and the children of God having to make that decision. And it's a huge, huge, and this is the thing that I really remember most is the huge decision that it requires the children of God to make. Who are they going to follow? Are they going to follow the failed busted system that is called the church today or are they going to follow god's new man god's david that he is just freshly anointed out of the fields i'm about to get a little excited so i'm gonna hand it back to you but i
0: i do remember
1: (laughs) that and i love that message and the wilderness yes sir
0: amen i love what you said about it you know it comes down and i remember one of the last things we said on the last podcast was is there is right now a choice to be made, a choice to be made by God's people on an individual level as well as a corporate level. Scott, we live in a day and age where the church, the mainstream church, is wanting to go about business as usual. They want to continue with that old system, the five-fold ministry we spoke about out of Ephesians chapter 4, where when the church was established in the book of Acts, and Paul came, and Paul helped to institutionalize the church. He said there was a fivefold ministry of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers that would govern God's people and teach them how to be God's people. And uh, just like that transition occurred when uh, the disciples became the apostles to the day and age that they lived in, We are fast approaching another transition, and we are going to be leaving the transitional age of the church into the kingdom age where Jesus rules and reigns from the throne of his father David in Israel. But, Scott, there's always a time where the people, like you said, have to make a decision. Will they trust God's move? Will they trust what God is doing? Will they trust that this has happened before, that this is not a new word? Scott and Charles are not trying to promote some new doctrine, some new word, some something that's never happened before. But there are examples all the way throughout the Bible that we can talk about where God had a transition from an old age to a new age. Uh, we can mention the first one, Scott, that happened when Adam was on this earth. And from the time of Adam until the flood was approximately 2,000 years. That was the fallen age of man where God more or less gave them up and let them do what they wanted to, and they became reprobate. They became unredeemable. God had to judge, and before he judged, there was a transition where Enoch arrived on the scene. as the first prophet of God and prophesied that God was going to have transitional phase and he not only spoke about the flood but he spoke about the last transition which is the one we're talking about now where God would return with his people and rule and reign on this earth was God there was a transition from the time of Adam to the time of Noah and that transition cost the people of God to believe and to trust and to go through a wilderness state and, uh, there are so many examples we can talk about Scott we also likened the transition to be the one that occurred when the people of Israel were in Egypt and they had become slaves in Egypt and for uh, almost 400 years the people of Israel had known nothing but slavery nothing but following the ways of the Egyptians and and the, they lived their whole lives in the Egyptian, government in the Egyptian customs in the Egyptian way and Moses comes on the scene and tells them that it's time to go from the Egyptian way to the promised land and Scott there was a transition that occurred where the people of the people of Israel or God's chosen people went through a transitional phase but because they were not able Scott to let go of the old way because they were so ingrained with the way the Egyptians did things. Because they had lived so many years as slaves to Egypt, they could not let go of that old system, Scott. They could not allow themselves to fully trust God. And Scott, they paid a price for that. Do you remember?
1: Yes, I do. They paid a dear price for that. They ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years in one big, huge circle. Ever, ever getting close to the promised land with milk and honey flowing and peace and rest awaiting them, they could never enter. And you you use that word, and I like it, the word trust, because they couldn't trust the word of God that said, I will give you this land. I will be with you. You will destroy your enemies. You just got to trust me. And out of the 12 spies that were sent to spy out the land by Moses, only two come back excuse me, Charles, with a report that said, yeah, it's full of giants. Yeah, it's got guys nine feet tall. Yeah, it's got uh, cities with walls that are 30 foot thick or something crazy number like that. They were huge, thick. They could have chariot races on top of them. Huge, thick, fortified cities. Yeah, they've got all that, but, you know, we can take them because we got God on our side. (laughs) And that that was the report of two out of the 12, while the other 10 were saying, I'm too scared. This is too much. It's it's overwhelming. Uh, the, the the armies are too big. We can't do this thing. We've got to turn back. And because the people decided to believe that report of fear, Charles, instead of the, the two that said, God said we could have it and we're going to take it. Because they couldn't believe that, the carcasses fell in the wilderness, Charles. I like what you're saying about the trust. And we, we've got to make that huge leap. Today, you that are listening on this podcast about trust or, or you just said it so eloquently, are we going to trust God? Or are we going to trust his move that he's moving because he's on the move or are we going to still be in bondage to the quote
0: unquote Egyptian system? Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I believe, you know, Scott, when we were talking about doing this podcast today, we talked about moving forward, but then we said there are still some people out there listening in. And we felt by the Holy Spirit, there were some people that were still not convinced or maybe they were a little hesitant about letting go the old way. Scott, there's been so many years and uh, you can remember it as well as I now, even in the years that mean you've been alive, we're by no means the oldest people. And we've not been around as long as some people that we know, but we have seen enough change in the church to realize that the church is no longer effective as it used to be, that people don't fear the Lord like they used to and that they don't have the respect for the church anymore. And the church is still trying, Scott to do the same thing that it's done for years, still trying to have that same service, they've had in the four walls are still trying to sing those three songs out of the hymnal book. They're still trying to get people convinced, you know, to get saved before it's too late. Scott, uh, we've come to a place in, and I believe history where we're about to see that system done away with because it's no longer effective. And we've been warning the people in this podcast ever since, the series you mentioned last week called the rape of the church how that the enemy from the time that the church was created in the book of acts the enemy has been sowing false doctrine and hybrid truths trying his best to get the church to a powerless state and he's but all succeeded now in getting that church to a powerless state and never have we had a church age brag so much and deliver so little ah, amen and this- and just like the the church mentioned in the book of Revelation, chapter three, the Laodicean church, they didn't realize that they were spiritually bankrupt. They were poor, blind and naked. They had no idea because they were judging their success based on outward appearance, based on numbers, based on the book, uh, the bank account and how much money was in the bank they were not seeing that Jesus or God looks on the inside of a person and not the outside of a person that God, he actually measures the success of someone on a spiritual level based on their trust in him, based on their faithfulness to his word, based on their ability to read God's word and to say, When God says, don't do it, I don't do it. When God says, do it, I do it. Amen. When God says, move, I move. When God says, stay, I stay. God is still looking for that same person today, Scott. He's still looking for that person who is able to hear his voice and trust in God's way. Now, we're coming to an age of transition again, where we're moving from the church age to the kingdom age. But there's a lot of people, Scott, that are still on the fence. And just like the children of Israel, who were unable to get that Egyptian system out of their minds, who were unable to give up the old way of doing things, who still, even though they were physically delivered from Egypt and slavery, their minds were still enslaved, and the mentality of their hearts were still enslaved to Egypt. And because they could not transition, they could not get from that. They could not leave the old way and cling to the new way or take hold of the new way of God. They missed out on God's rest. They missed out on God's promised land. They missed out on God's will. Scott, we're going to see that occur again today. Hmm. And uh, it is my desire, and I believe it is your desire, and the effort of this podcast to get as many people as we can to grasp that this is a transitional state, that the church is no longer going to function the way that it used to in the world, that if we're going to move into the kingdom age where Jesus will physically reign on this earth, we're going to have to let go of the old way. We're going to have to let God lead us through the wilderness just like he did the children of Israel we're going to have to trust him and Scott uh, this is not a popular message we know <laughs> going be we're, we know there are going to be more people reject this message than they will be that receive it mm-hmm. but there still may be some out there that are listening right now Scott that um, they're wanting to let go of the old way they're wanting to embrace the new way that God's going to move they realize that what we're saying is happening again. Uh, what would be their apprehension, Scott? What would cause them not to want to let go of the old way? Would it be family? Would it be friends? Would it be um, fear? Would it be all the above? What do you think would cause these people to, to resist the change? And uh, that's why we believe that instead of moving forward, we wanted to speak again about the transition that's going on in the body of Christ and how God is going to use that transition to bring a people out of a people. What would hold people back just like it did the Israelites in the book of Acts?
1: Why don't you just check that box all the above? Cause you just, you just named them right there. It's a, it's a conglomeration of that Charles. I've always wanted to say that the power of bondage is familiarity. Let me, let me say it one more time. The, the power, it's, it's not so much the chain around your wrist that keeps you in bondage. It's the familiarity of the situation you're in. I mean, let's, let's go back to the children of Israel. You were talking about that came out of Egypt. They, they couldn't never leave Egypt in their mind because of the familiarity that they had in Egypt. Sure, they were in bondage. Listen to how crazy this sounds, too. Sure, they were in bondage. Sure, they were getting whipped every day by the taskmasters with those whips. Uh, they were having to do very hard manual labor. And I like what you said in the last podcast that by this time the children of Israel outnumbered the Egyptians probably ten to one in number. They even said themselves, the Egyptian leaders, "These people are bigger than us. Now, at least they rise up against us." You know, we, we've got to put them in bondage. We've got to do something, put them in servitude. They're a big army now. And, and because of that bondage, they couldn't even see that, Charles. And when we get to in the wilderness with Moses leading them, it's the fear of the unknown. Where are we going? How are we going to feed ourselves? What, what are we going to do? Back in Egypt, we knew we were getting three square meals a day. But, but what about now? Now we've got to trust in a God we can't see. Now, now we've got to trust this, this old man, this 80-year-old man that's climbing the mountain every day to get, to get a word. You know, back in Egypt, that was the power of Nadab and Abihu, the, the naysayers in the crowd that kept swaying the crowd back to Egypt. Look, you know, back in Egypt, we, we had a hut. We, we had all this stuff. And Charles, it's, it's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of the new. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt said it best. He said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And fear, the power of fear, is the unknown. That's, that's the power that is in fear. I don't know what's next. I don't know what's going to happen. And they were scared to death in the wilderness and could not trust God and his word. And, and that's why we're taking this time here, Charles, one more time in this podcast, because this is the biggest decision other than salvation other than accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the biggest decision you're probably ever going to make in your lifetime is to uproot yourself out of a failed system, possibly leave your family and friends. If they don't want to follow the Lord and and move into this new area of total trust in God with a leader you've never known before, but carrying the word of God, it's, it's fear, Charles, and it's a bondage and we're taking the time one more time to say, this is serious. You can't move forward with God. If you don't make this decision, it's, it's all important that you realize. And and we know here that it's a, that it's a tough decision, that it's a hard decision, that it, that fear is on you, but we've got to follow God's move. Maybe you can say this better than I can, (laughs) please.
0: Well, You said something that that led me to look up a scripture, Scott, a moment ago. You said that the fear of the unknown creates bondage, and that's exactly how the Egyptians were able to keep the children of Israel from rising up against them, is they bound the Israelites in fear of how were they going to meet their everyday needs? How were they going to get the food that they needed to eat? the clothes they needed to wear, how are they going to take care of their children unless they let someone else do it for them. And it caused them to be in bondage. And a scripture that came to my mind is found in Romans chapter eight. Now let me set up the stage a little bit about Romans chapter eight. This is one of our favorite chapters that we like to speak about, Scott, because it goes from Romans chapter seven where Paul runs uh, runs up on a problem that he's having. And the problem that Paul describes in Romans chapter seven is he wants to do God's will. He wants to move forward with God. He wants to trust God with his life and the unknown, but fear is keeping him in bondage. And the only thing that can combat that fear was the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And Paul said in Romans eight, That if someone would walk after the spirit, if someone would allow the Holy Spirit to have complete control of his or her life, that that spirit of fear would not bind them. But then he says um, in in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, but as many that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. See, fear causes bondage. But ye have received the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, "Abba, Father." And that word "Abba" there is such a personal word about father. It's like saying "Daddy." It's like your full trust in your father to meet your needs. Your full trust in your father to supply those things that you're afraid you're not going to have. If you, you know, I don't know about you, Scott, but when I was a child, I never went to my mother and said, "Mom." I'm worried about how you're going to pay the light bill. I'm worried about groceries being in, in, you know, I'm worried about going to the refrigerator and and nothing being in there. Or when it becomes supper time, there's not going to be a plate of food in front of me. You know, when you're a child, you don't ask your mom and dad those questions. You don't think of such things. But, you know, an adult, and you have children of your own, Scott, you know, when you became an adult, you realized it was all on you, that your children were depending on you to pay the bills, to keep the lights on, mm. to keep food in the refrigerator, to make sure that their needs were met. Your children didn't go around worried about it. They trusted that their father would make a way. <laughs> yeah, And that's exactly the way that we should have with our father in heaven is to trust that no matter what the situation looks like around us, he's going to be able to provide for us and to keep us during this transitional phase. Now, Scott, we're coming up on a time in our lives where it's going to happen again. And just like the children of Israel, when they were in the wilderness, they had to completely depend upon their father to meet their needs. And some of them were not allowed, you know, they were not able to do this. And their trust in God failed and as a result, they failed to enter into the rest of God. You mentioned that scripture in Hebrews before you prayed on this podcast that if we're not careful, that spirit of unbelief, and that's what not trusting God is. It's it's the it's the spirit of unbelief. It's the sin of unbelief. Not trusting God will keep you from being able to enter into God's rest. Amen. Hey Amen. Oh, let me
1: let me let me go a little bit further. Uh, you, you said the key in there <clears throat> right now. Gosh, help me to set this up, Lord. But we're in a transitional phase. God is God is doing away with a system that is unrepentant and refused to repent. Look around you. Look at the news. Listen to what's coming out of the modern day church. It's it's a mess. It's chaos. And it's veered away from, from the established order that God's got in his word. Charles, he's, he's judged it. And now he's raising up a remnant people that's going to come out of that and preserve themselves holy, blameless, ready before the Lord is chaste virgins at, with, with their wedding garments on. And, and they're going to be made ready. And God is going to perform that. And, and here's the key, Charles. You, you said it in, in the Romans chapter 8. Those who walk after the spirit. See, there is the key. Because the spirit, fear is a spirit. Can, can I, and help me with this, if you will. Explain this. That fear that you speak of is also a spirit, and Satan is going to unleash that spirit of fear upon these people who are going to make the decision in their heart to follow Jesus, to follow this transition, and to be ready. The people that are listening to me and you, and take this word. There's that fear there. Oh my God, does that mean I got to leave my church? Oh my God, does that lit? Does that mean I got to leave the people that I, all the people that I've known for so long? to follow this. And fear is a spirit that Satan will will unleash on these people to try to stop them. But those that live in the spirit of the Lord will not fear. Fear cannot reside. Fear cannot live in a person who's doing that. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, (laughs) who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And Charles, it's going to be I don't know why we're going this way, but that's okay. Let's go this way. It's going to be the job of the remnant people to throw aside their doctrine, their dogma, their belief, what their preacher has said about the Holy Ghost. I know there are preachers out there that says, you know, the Holy Ghost was just for the apostles. It's not for the modern day church. Uh, The moving of the spirit was, was for back then. They don't move like that now. And it's all a bunch of lies. And it's going to be the job of the remnant people, Charles, to get back in the flow of that spirit. Because when you're under the spirit of God, you will not fear what man will have to do with you. You will not fear a devil attack. You will be full of joy, peace in your heart in that in that spirit. Would you agree with that?
0: Amen. And that's exactly what this transition is all about, Scott. Um, I'm hoping that the listeners are hearing us with their good ears. About the time that we're about to move into uh, the transition that's occurring, there is an overlap between the church age and the age of the kingdom or the king age when Jesus physically reigns on this earth. But before that occurs, there will be a period of time where the church or those that those remnant believers, will we'll say it that way because we use the word remnant, cause unfortunately Scott just like we said earlier not each and every person that hears this word is going to be able to receive it yes uh there're going to be more people that cling to the old way of doing things that cling to the old church system that cling to going to church every Sunday just like they always have and singing their songs and listening to a sermon for about 20 minutes before they head off to the restaurant they're not going to be able to receive this word that they're not going to be able to understand that there is there is shortly coming a time where the uh, powers of this world will soon be given over to Satan even more. And he will have liberty to cause problems for the church. The freedoms of the church are already being attacked, Scott, yep. and the church system going to be going to suffer because you know, there'll be laws passed, there'll be legislation passed, there'll be requirements because, you know, we already seen this happen when COVID-19 became, uh, a became a real thing that the churches were not allowed to gather together. And there were fines imposed on churches that were continuing to gather together, even in the parking lots, the policemen would come and, and, uh, break up the meetings going on in the parking lots out of the need for safety of the people. It's always for the greater good. It's always for the benefit of the person, but it's an outright attack from the enemy and Scott, in the near future, we're going to see more of that occur mm-hmm. to where the church is going to lose its ability to meet like it is now. It's going to lose its ability to gather together and uh, we're going to be forced to, to have underground churches and church, you know, meetings in houses. And just like they did in the book of Acts, meeting from house to house and breaking bread and drawing strength from one another in secret. Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen before people know it, before people are aware of it. There'll be a lot of people that hear this message, Scott, that say, Oh, that's, that's still a long ways off or, or they believe that nothing bad's going to happen until we're gone because, my pastors always told me that before it gets bad, the rapture is going to occur and we're going to be out of here. We're not going to, have to worry about such things. The Lord help uh, us. But, Scott, they don't realize that it's happening right now before their eyes. And where are where is their faith going to be? Where is their trust in God going to be when what the pastor and the preachers have been telling them for years that's never going to occur suddenly begins to occur? Where would their trust be during the transition Uh, have they not been reading the Bible for themselves have they not saw that if God didn't deliver the people of Israel his chosen people from the transitional state if the people of Israel had to go through the wilderness to make it to the promised land if there was a time that God allowed the uncertainty of tomorrow to be in the forefront of our minds you see Scott when the people of Israel left Egypt Uh, They left the certainty of, like you said, of of meals prepared for them every day, of all their needs being met. Uh, Sure, they were slaves, but they were getting to eat on time. They were getting to have beds to sleep in, and roofs over their head, and people will give up their freedoms for assurance of everyday needs met. Um, But what happens when the, the Israelites leave all that and they're in the wilderness and they don't have the assurance of food, they have to trust God every day for manna from heaven. They have to trust God every day for water to drink from a rock. They have to trust God every day to supply them the the needs that they have on a daily basis. Scott, what happens to the church today in the Western world uh, and in Western Christian culture, what happens to the Christians when, uh, Paying the tithes don't, uh, you know, right now we're told that. If you pay your tithes, it's assurance that God's going to meet your needs financially. What happens during the transition? uh, And I don't know why I'm saying this, Mm. but I'm being, I I believe I'm being led by the Spirit. What What happens during the transitional phase, Scott, when the assurance of paying your tithes don't pay off and you still have bills you can't pay? medicine you can't buy, food you can't buy. What happens to the trust in God then, Scott? If if you've not built this, I've got to allude back to this. If you've not built the
1: storehouse of faith ahead of time, you will crumble. You will fail. Your 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 uh, walk with God that you have <laughs> will crumble. Your faith will crumble, and you will backside, and you will miss everything. You will miss out on everything, and I know I'm going to get – crucified for saying this but but charles i hope the people realize and hear what you're saying that this is war this this is a fight to the death this is about you making it to the promised land and about a devil who wants to stop you from doing it and and charles like you said the, the things are already in place you're talking about how the churches are going to get shut down Listen to the news. Legislation is already being put in place. That's called hate speech legislation. If a preacher gets up and preaches anything about sin, anything against homosexuality, anything that doesn't me- foster a, a, a message of we're all one people and we're all going to heaven and we're all together. If it's anything besides that, if you get up and you start ministering the word of God, as it is, you're going to be labeled a hate monger. You're going to be thrown in jail. Your church is going to be shut down. The legislation is already in place. Charles, just yesterday, they floated a news article across the news that one of the churches in Canada had to go underground and shut its doors and meet secretly right now because they believed that God was bigger than COVID-19. And that we should be in the house of God, worshiping God and calling upon him right now in this time of need. And because of that, the government shut them down. Things are happening right now. And if Charles, if we're not preparing, if we're not building the storehouse of faith, let me go to another one. How about the five wise and the five foolish virgins? Listen, There's five that didn't make it to the wedding. I don't know how much plainer I can get it than this. There's five that didn't make it to the wedding because when there was time to fill their crews with oil enough to make it through the dry period, they didn't do it. They slept. They slumbered. Like you said just a moment ago, Charles, as long as we're getting our quote unquote needs met, as long as we're getting a check from the government every week, as long as we're able to eat, we got a roof over our head. We don't care where that's coming from or who's dishing it out to us. But if we've not been prepared, then we will fail just like the children of Israel did in the wilderness. We will miss the promised land. Do you understand that the promised land alludes to heaven? Heaven. And that's what that means in the Old Testament. And I don't know how much more serious we can get this, Charles, than, than what you're saying right now.
0: You know, the devil's been very subtle, Scott, over the years of meeting the needs, everyday needs of the people and getting everyone to focus on how important it is to have food on the table and a job to go to working 40 hours a week. You know, we've got to the place now where if anyone lives out of that normal lifestyle, if anyone lives outside of that norm that we have established, uh, that we tell them that they're out of the will of God, that they're not living. You know, we label them infidels because they don't take care of their house or they're not going to, you know, they're not working like everyone else, or they're not meeting their needs according to the government. They're not not depending on the government for their health insurance and for, you know, all these things. And we begin, you know, the devil's so subtle because he's created that Egyptian mentality Mm -hmm. even in today where we are depending on the government. We're depending on everyday life. You know, our everyday life needs to be met by the powers that be, and God never promised that that would not be shaken. In matter of fact, uh, if you read your Bible, you're going to see that every transitional state uh, from one age to the other, that the the body of Christ or the people of God went through, there is a period of time there where their everyday needs were in question that if they didn't trust God, they may not get what they needed. And, and Scott, I can't say this enough and I'm going to say it again. And I want people to hear me. Yes. God does care about your everyday needs. Yes. God does care about you paying your bills on time. Yes. God does care about your health insurance needs. Yes. God does care about these things, but there is nothing more important to God than you making it to eternity amen amen there is nothing more important than eternity and more important than the health of your body more important than making sure that you have all the medicine that you're supposed to live on making you know more important than making sure that your job stays secure and that you're always working 40 hours a week more important then the mortgage on your home is the eternal destiny of your soul. Yes. And God is not above allowing his children to go through the lack of everyday needs to make sure the eternal soul makes it home. He had the children of Israel live in the wilderness, depending on him for their everyday needs. Uh, day to day, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. Remember that song, Scott? Yes, yes. I want to go back to where, you know, this transitional state that we're in, there is going to be a period where the church goes into, the remnant believer goes into a one day at a time, sweet Jesus. And they're going to have to depend on God for everyday needs. They're not going to have the security of the medicine that they've been taking. You know, Scott, I will confess that I'm on medication for things such as my blood pressure. And uh, if if what I'm saying is true and we go through this transition where the remnant believer goes through a period in the wilderness, there's no promise that I'm always going to have blood pressure medication. Right. So what am I going to do? Am I going to allow the enemy to fill my heart with fear? Am I going to panic because I don't have the medication that I'm so accustomed to taking? Am I going to allow the enemy to steal the peace in my heart by saying, what are you going to do, Charles, the medicine that you need for, everyday life is not there, what are you going to do? God must not love you because he allowed you to run out of your blood pressure medication or your heart medication. He might be telling other people right now, they might not be able to let go of the old way, Scott, for something as simple as heart medication. It's something as simple as health insurance. It's something as simple as their children having, you know, the insurance that they need and, we're kind, We're going to come to a period in our lives, Scott, where we may not have these things readily available. And if you don't have your medication, you're going to have to trust that God's going to keep you alive, you know, or take you on home to be in heaven with him. Because like I said earlier, there's nothing more important than eternity. Amen. And so if my body perishes, Scott, because I don't have medication and I don't have my blood pressure meds, and I don't have my heart medication, if my body suffered and if I end up dying as a result, more important than that is, is my soul ready to stand before God in heaven? Okay. Am I ready to make heaven my home? That's what we're talking about. The time of transition is upon us Scott yes and we have to let go of what we trust in on the old way and trust in God for our daily needs from day to day we're going to get to that point again Scott do you believe that
1: I absolutely believe that and and Charles <clears throat> this has come on my my spirit i don't I don't think I've ever spoke about this uh, publicly before i I've read it I've studied it but I've, I've never been directed like this before, but I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it bluntly, but you're talking about trusting God completely for, for your needs, about the importance of making it to heaven, no matter, no matter what, making it to heaven. You can't rely on a prayer you said at nine or what happened 30 years ago. That's great. You can take me to the spot where you first got saved. It's, 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 it's great that you've entered into the kingdom of God and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior. It also says as a tree falls, so shall it lay. And and Charles, it's about how the race is run at the end, not about what's going on in the in-between or what you've done at the very first. It's all about that. And that's the most important thing, Charles, we're coming to a point where we're going to be put to the test like that. I'm about to say it. and And I know it's going to make a lot of people mad and, and, crinkle their theology because they've had these other slick haired shiny shoe preachers out here telling them different, but there's a recording in the word in revelation about the mark of the beast that's coming. It's on its way. I'm not going to sit here and prophesy to you exactly what it is, but the Bible records the warning Charles. It's the warning given to the body of Christ. That book is a book written to the body of Christ, not to unbelievers, not, not to the people out here in the world, but to the believer, and it warns of the mark of the beast. And the Bible records that you will not be able to buy nor sell without the mark of the Antichrist. It will be in your forehead or in your hand, the Bible records, and it's coming, Charles. And this directly speaks about what you're talking about. The people that will take the mark are the people that can't transition past the point of I've got to know that my needs are going to be met, that my blood pressure medicine going to be there, that I've got three square meals a day, and I'm trusting in that and the government to, to supply it, my job to supply it, whatever's going on, and they're going to cave to giving into this mark. The Bible records this as well. Those who take the mark, I don't care if you were a preacher. I don't care if you said a prayer of salvation when you were 30 or nine. The Bible records that those that take the mark, Will be damned to eternal hell and sealed. Now, I, I don't know of a more sterner warning than something like that to say we better be transitioning to where we can trust God with our heart, with our soul, with our mind, with our children, with our family, with our wife, with our husband, with everything. We better get to the point now that we can trust God, not based on what we have or what we see, but what he can do and who he is. We better be getting to that point now before it's too late, because if you wait till then, it's too late. Now I know that made a lot of people mad, but Charles, this is what we're talking about this morning is trust in the transition. Trust in the transition. And you, we've got to build that trust. And that only comes from spending time in the the Holy Ghost. I don't care what your preacher said. I don't care what your denomination Ooh. believes about the Holy Ghost. He's real. You're going to need him. You're going to need him with all your heart, mind, and soul. And you better be praying to get in him, immersed in him, him in you, and, and you you too as one as one can be living in him, as Romans 8 records. Would you agree with that?
0: Amen. And you know what? The time has gotten away with us uh, from us today quicker than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, we're quickly running out of time, but I do want to bring it down to everyday practical word that people can apply to their heart because I don't want Scott. People to hear this message and think that we're just talking about a spiritual plane of existence where you're not tested on an everyday level. Uh, that Scott and Charles have talked to us about some spiritual message that after this podcast is over, you can say, Oh, that was such a good message, and go on about your daily life. We're talking about a practicality here. Scott, we're entering into a transitional. Let me just plain simple, say it as best as I can. We're in, in, entering into a transitional time in the history of man again, just like Adam to Noah, just like uh, the Israelites leaving Egypt and going to the promised land, just like the Pharisees to Jesus. This has happened so many times, you know, I do remember that I mentioned on the last podcast that we would talk about David because his life reflects the transition from David being anointed king and Saul being placed into kingship and the transition between Saul and David. Now, we didn't get to talk about David much today, but we will address David because his life is a direct reflection of of that transition that we're talking about of the church from the wilderness state to the palace state, just as although David was anointed King in his youth, he had to go through the wilderness state living in the wilderness before he was placed in the palace. And the church is going to go through a wilderness state before it makes it home to heaven. And there has to be a storehouse of faith. Scott, it's going to come down to the point where um, you're either going to have to trust the government to meet your needs and you're going to have to compromise on your faith. And I don't know how close we are to the mark of the beast. Uh, we, I, I think we're closer than we realize and that it could happen faster than we realize. Uh, but there'll be preliminary things that happen prior to it where the government will make it mandate for people to to take certain vaccines, like the COVID-19 vaccine, or they miss out on the privileges of, of, you know, a U.S. citizen. They could make that happen in no time. Uh, But there's going to come preliminaries to the mark of the beast, where they're going to pass legislation that says you can't enjoy the benefits of full citizenship, without taking this vaccine or or meeting this mandate or fulfilling this part of legislation, all leading up to the mark of the beast where you can't buy or sell without this mark. And if you refuse to take this mark, basically your everyday needs are gonna be a gamble and you're gonna be trusting God just as the children of Israel did in the wilderness. Scott, it's gonna to come to that time again. And if the Lord tarries, we're going to see that time approach very quickly. And I believe what God is saying today on this podcast is that transition is going to separate those who truly trust God from those who trust in the system of the world. It's going to separate those who are not able to let go of the old way of doing things and embrace the new way, even if that means that there is a risk that they're going to be giving up things like their medication things like their insurance, things like a 40-hour-a-week job and you know how is the mortgage going to be paid on my house and where am I going to live and what clothes am I going to wear and how am I going to meet my children's needs? All these things were the same things that the Israelites had to consider when they left Egypt. These were all things that the Israelites had to face as well. Don't you believe for one minute that they didn't ask themselves the same questions. Yeah. How are we going to meet our children's needs? How are we going to get the food that we need? How what's going to happen? How are we going to have the clothes we need to wear? How are our everyday needs going to be met? And the enemy would use these to cause a spirit of fear to come upon you to place you in bondage where you will compromise your faith and you will do whatever it takes to get those needs met. And you may do it for the sake of your children and say to yourself, well, God understands if I have to steal to meet my children's needs. Or God understands if I have to sign away my dedication to the spirit of God and my dedication to the word of God for the sake of my children or for the sake of my medication. No, God won't understand that. If God required the Israelites to trust him completely, and he's going to do it again with us, God. Amen. And he's not going to allow us to make excuses on not trusting him for our everyday needs. And that transition time is going to occur very soon. And where is your faith going to be? Jesus asked this question, Scott. He said, will I find faith when I return on the earth? The only reason that Jesus would ask that kind of question is because there was going to come a time before the end, before his return, where the faith of his children is going to be pushed to the breaking point, where it's all that we're going to have left, where everything that we need from God is going to be a faith-based need. It's going to be you trusting God to meet your need or to take you on home to be with him in heaven. Because as I said before, the most important thing to God is eternity and more important than you being able to eat three square meals a day is you making it home to heaven. What happens to the body is nothing compared to what happens to the soul. The needs of the body are, are not concerning God as nearly as much as the needs of the soul. Yes. And, Scott, God will allow your body to suffer. He will allow your everyday needs to go without being answered in order to get your soul to a place where you can stand before him guiltless. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Paul said it best. He said, I have learned, and I think we all agree, Paul was in the will of God, and Paul was a man of God. And Paul was full of the spirit. And if anybody made it home to heaven, it was Paul, the apostle. Charles, he said, I've learned how to be abased. I've learned how to have it, have a, have a bunch. And I've learned how to be without Learned how to be three days in the jail cell. And I didn't do anything wrong. I've learned how to be beaten just because I said, Jesus Christ is the only way I've learned how to have nothing. I've learned how to spend a day and a half in the sea clinging to a, a piece of bark, a, a tree limb, just to keep from drowning. But in all things, in all things, I have learned to be content. And, I, and at, go after, he said this too, go after the one that went after me. That's continually my drive, to apprehend that which apprehended me. He's talking about Jesus Christ on that Damascus Road. Just like you said, Charles, he's concerned about where we're going to land in the eternity more than anything yes sir please finish
0: Scott what is going to happen to the faith of the believer when Christianity and a Christian is proclaimed the enemy of the state and uh, if they don't think that's going to happen then just let them watch the news let them watch the world when Christianity and when a Christian is declared to be the enemy of the state and All privileges and all freedoms are going to be taken away from them if they don't comply with the world system. What is going to happen to the faith of that Christian? Is their trust going to be in God? Do they have that storehouse of faith? Do they have the ability to stand with God no matter what till the very end? Those questions are going to be asked and they're going to be answered. And uh, if you are hearing what Scott is saying, if you're hearing what I'm saying, you will go ahead and ask those questions now. You will go ahead and answer those questions and begin to seek the face of God and allow the Holy Spirit to build inside of you that storehouse of faith that will keep you from compromising your faith in the last days, that will keep you from giving up your belief and trust in God for the sake of your everyday needs being met. Uh, What will happen to your faith listener when these things begin to occur? I'm going to ask Scott to pray right now in just a moment. Um, I believe that there are people listening to us, Scott, that are still on the fence of this deciding if what you and I are saying is really going to come to pass or if it's just a, if it's just some crazy tangent that we're on, and that things are going to continue as they always have, um, Scott, even if they do, will it be? It, it'll be better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Amen. Amen. And I would rather have a storehouse of faith built up in my soul and in my heart that will sustain me and keep me from compromising my faith and keep me from giving up on God. Uh, And we need this In this day and age And there are people listening to us That are still making that decision That are still wondering If the transition is going to occur Or if it's began And Scott I want you to pray for those people Pray that whoever is on the fence With their decision making Will be forced to make that decision Uh, We can't move forward Into the kingdom age Until we let go of the way of doing things that we've normally done in the past. Uh, we're not going to be able to move into that kingdom age until we give God our full trust and fully commit ourselves to his leading of his spirit. Scott, would you pray for us that we'll get to that place?
1: Let us, let us do pray and let
0: us, let us a-
1: ask the question that you have proposed. Do we really trust God? And I I want you, listener, to ask yourself that. I'm asking myself that. Charles, I want you to ask yourself that. Do I really trust God when times get tough, when when I don't know where my next meal is coming from, when I don't know what's going to happen to my family, when I don't know what's going to happen in the future? Do I trust God? Will I trust him completely, explicitly, or will my faith cave? Will I slide back? Will I go back to Egypt where there's destruction? And I want you to ask that question now. Do I trust him with everything I have? And we'll let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning for this word, as strong as it is, as as strong of a warning as you're sending out, Lord, you're still sending out the warning to build a people. You're still sending this to build a people because it's not too late yet. To make the right decision it's not too late yet to build the storehouse we need to make it through father we thank you for this word help us to take it into our heart god you said in your word that you would rather we be hot or cold because if i'm lukewarm if i'm straddling the fence if i'm indecisive if i won't make a move you're going to spew me out of your mouth and i don't want to be that lord i don't want the listener to be that this morning help us to make the decision i'm going to pray the crazy prayer this morning father take control and do whatever it takes in our lives to make sure me charles the people that will listen to this podcast in the future do whatever it takes to make us ready heaven ready because in the end all that matters is that we get to stroll through the gates of that wonderful city and meet you. That's all that matters in the end is that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life and we get to walk into the city forever to be in your presence in peace and love and joy. Father, do whatever it takes this morning. Help the people to realize, let it burn in their soul. Give them eyes to see that what's going on is setting up for this time of transition, for this this time of wilderness wandering, Help them to see the need for the storehouse to be built now. And we give you the praise and the glory for this word and for everything that's been said and done. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen.
0: Amen, amen. I hope you prayed that prayer with us, listener. I hope you have taken seriously the message that you heard on this podcast as well as the last one about the transition that is going to be occurring and is occurring even as we speak between the church age and the kingdom age and to prepare yourself that storehouse of faith that will sustain you in the wilderness before the Lord comes back. We encourage you listener to uh, send us any feedback or write us with your request. If you have questions concerning the transition or worries that you might not have what it takes to make, have in your home during the transition, then feel free to write us at key underscore David underscore ministries at yahoo.com. We will pray with you. We will join our faith with yours. There are going to be links in the show notes of this podcast directly to the podcast or to the blogs that we discussed. The one that Scott mentioned, the storehouse of faith, It will be linked in the show notes of this podcast. I encourage you to read it. Uh, It's a message that God gave me so many years ago concerning preparing ourselves for the transition and for that time in the wilderness that the church will have to endure before heaven becomes a reality and Jesus is physically on this earth again. Uh, Listener, I encourage you also to, Continue to share this message with other people. Get as many people into the last move of God before it's too late. Share this with your friends, your family. Be that light and salt to this earth, to this world. Help, Scott. Help myself. Get this message out before it's too late. You know someone who needs to hear this message just as much as you yourself needed to hear it. And you can help us by sharing it with others. It is always the desire of the Key of David podcast and the Watchman of the Wall Ministries that each and every person within the sound of my voice repent.